My name is Rufilo Sekhoi, and you're listening to The Breakthrough Sessions, a podcast for students created by a student. Because when you're in a bind, who better to assist than someone who's walked in your shoes? I am a movement, and I invite you. Whether you feel lost, broken, or pretty cool, all are invited, but there's a lot to do. So grab a drink and settle in. Let me help you find your breakthrough. Okay, so I want to pause for a second to talk to you guys about my sponsor for this episode, Summarize. Summarize is a note selling and tutoring business that hires top performing students at the University of Pretoria to create comprehensive, easy to understand notes for their subjects. They currently employ over 50 students and have helped thousands of satisfied clients to achieve their academic goals since 2018. They're available to contact on Instagram at summarize underscore official. That's summarize with a Z, so spelled S-U-M-M-A-R. I-Z-E underscore official. For quality and comprehensive notes, reach out to summarize. Be of good cheer. Do not think of today's failures, but of the success that may come tomorrow. You have set yourselves a difficult task, but you will succeed if you persevere, and you will find a joy in overcoming obstacles. Remember, No effort that we make to attain something beautiful is ever lost. Quote by Helen Keller. Welcome to this episode, everybody. I'm so delighted that you could dedicate time out of your day towards listening to this episode in pursuit towards finding your breakthrough. And in this episode, I had the privilege of having two guests on. One by the name of Bangani Glamini and the other whose name is Mbali Nkiti. So just a little bit about my guests. Bongani is a final year BA Politics and International Relations student from the University of Johannesburg. He is born and bred from Soweto, and he is a UNICEF Africa's Generation Unlimited Youth Reporter and a volunteer at the South African Institute of International Affairs Youth Program. Bongani is also the co-founder of the Council SA, an organization mentoring high school students through debating. So in Bali, She is an LLB student at the University of Pretoria, and she completed her BA Law in undergrad. She was head girl at Princess High School Metric, as well as president of the debating team. She is a former news editor of UP's newspaper, Bertabai, and she is the co-founder of the Council SA, along with Bongani. Our session was packed full of incredible insights and gems that they shared about their journey in varsity. We spoke about elements with regards to failure, the extracurricular activities that they started with mention to the council essay and the journey that they're on with that. The one thing they wish they had known when they began their studies and so much more. This episode is really one of the best episodes that I think I have done to date. It was really, really insightful and (laughs) even full of humor. (laughs) I was genuinely laughing even while I was editing this episode. That being said, I really hope that you enjoy listening to this episode and that you're able to take what they shared with you in your journey. Without further ado, here is our conversation. 
Hey guys, how are you doing? Um, hi, we well thanks for yourself. I'm well, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, so just for our listeners out there, would you mind introducing yourselves, who you are, where you grew up, passions and hobbies, what you're currently studying, things like that. So Bongani, you can go sure. first. Um, so yeah, my name is Bongani Lamini. I am a politics and international relations student at the University of Johannesburg. Um, I love dogs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love reading. I love being around people, basically. Mm. Um, my passion is in advocacy work, more specifically doing work within um, children's rights. So yeah, that's basically it in summary. Okay, um, my name is Mbali, Mbali Mkiti. I am a law student at the University of Pretoria. I just finished my BA, uh, now I'm completing my LLB. Uh, I was born in the East Rand in Alberton and I grew up in Leonel for some time, but like majority of my life, like my adult life, I was in Soweto. I am in Soweto still. I am very passionate about transformative constitutionalism, to be honest. Um, I love the law, hence I'm studying it, but I'm more intrigued by how we can transform it for it to be relatable to the normal people in our society. So most of the things that I am involved in, which is like one of the nonprofit organizations I've started with Bongani, focuses on that. It's part of my passion. It looks into getting people to understand um, the law and to question rather than just like submit to everything and yeah i think i love reading and that's about it wow that was that was a really really good answer hey (laughs) um i'm really impressed by all the things that you guys are passionate about in particular and that's why i actually wanted to have you on this episode because i just felt like you know you two are students in university and you're also simultaneously doing these really big and inspirational things on the side and you know having that those passions are incredible especially from somebody like on the outside looking in seeing how you guys are like changing the world (laughs) is really exciting so (laughs) that's really thanks for sharing that that was really really great um yeah so just going a little bit into your um varsity experience can you just walk the listeners through a summary of your varsity experience? I know, Bongani, you mentioned that you're studying politics and Mbali, you, you just finished your BA Law and LLB. And can you just um, tell us a little bit about how that's been like for you, both of you studying those degrees and why you chose to study them? Sure. Um, so um, I, I think my high school um, had a huge influence on what I'm currently studying. Mm-hmm. So back in high school, I used to do a lot of model United Nations, which is basically a simulation of what happens at the United Nations. Mm. Um, a lot of work that we do is on um, doing research and policy work and basically all the different issues that people face in different countries. So that in itself, that background is what led to me then wanting to study politics and international relations. Um, but haven't been in at UJ, um, in my first year, I think it was first year, I started being very involved with student politics. Mm. And from being involved with student politics, I became a member of the UJ Student Parliament and became very involved in um, social programs within the university. Mm. I think primarily because I understood that um, for any policy change um, to happen at UJ, 
um, why we'd have to be very actively involved in um, the society structures and yeah. So that's basically it. I've, I've been very involved since first year um, in um, all social programs at UJ, which has basically even led to the current nickname that I can say I have <laughs> and that people uh, have given me at UJ. Mm. So yeah. Dude, what's the nickname, yo? <laughs> <laughs> the head boy of UJ. <laughs> so everyone, yeah, everyone calls me the head, head boy of UJ. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, Mbali and yourself? Um, my varsity experience, right? Um, yeah. I started at UP. I did my three years of mm-hmm. BA. I'm not going to lie, the jump between high school to varsity is actually normally um, downplayed. You, yeah. They make it seem like, you know, if you're studying something that you're passionate about, that's all you're focusing on. So it's not as hard as all these other things that you do in high school that you're not really interested in, but you have to do because it's in the stream that you chose. Mm. And I was overwhelmed, to be honest. I did get overwhelmed at some point, but I think the beauty of it is it allows you or it stretches you to actually reach your full potential because in your comfort zone, you never do that. So when I got to UP, there were a lot of factors that I didn't even realize that do not exist in life, you know, because coming from a school that is predominantly black, to be honest, um, Mm -hmm. where less than 5%, less than 5% is white, and by white, I mean the teachers, um, having to engage with other students, having to interact with like other white students on campus, Indians, like different races actually was a new experience that I never even thought would be an experience. Because I mean, you're thinking to yourself, I'm South African, I know these people, until you actually share the same space with them. And you're like, there are a lot of different cultural dynamics. I think mm. that's one of the things that I learned as well, that we are very different. Coming from a Soweto, for example, where it's just like a township and it's all black culture, you know, black, black traditions and, you know, it's just black, you know, and when you get to experience these different things you see things that you haven't really taken into consideration like that's why you see like how we differently privileged and how we are in a different um space and how we actually see each other that's another thing mm. and i guess that has had a, a huge impact on my varsity experience uh with the school load as well just like i said tapping into that beast mode that each of one each one of us has to be honest and um so far, it's been a beautiful learning experience. I finished my BA and that was great. Although I didn't get to graduate because of COVID. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> um, and then right now, it's a new dynamic, to be honest, online learning. That's also a totally new varsity experience uh, that makes you realize, Uguti, um, you know, we take for granted this campus life, you know, because when it's not mm. there anymore, you're like, student life is actually a good part of my life and you feel robbed of it um but altogether my varsity experience has been has been good mm-hmm. well, that's great um so you touched quite a bit about um adapting from high school into varsity and i think that is one of the very important things that people should have known or wish they could have known when they began their studies. So I actually want to hear from Bongani, um, what's one thing that you wish you had known when you began your studies? Hmm. Interesting question. Um, 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 I think maybe the one thing I probably wanted to know, you spoke a bit on this. Mm. So in high school, there isn't that much preparation. So we're not prepared enough yeah. for varsity. So you just assume that 
Um, it's probably going to be simple. It's going to be easy and all that. And when you get here, get like a big culture shock. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things you prepare for psychologically. So it's not just academics. It's not just um, the new environment. But as Mbappe said, it's a completely different space that you're not used to in terms of like culture, socialization and all that. So I think that element in itself, it's something I was wishing to, to be prepared for um, before coming to varsity. Um, yeah, I can, I can say that um, that's, that's the one that I would have wished to probably be prepared for. Mm. Um, yeah. I hear you. Can I tell you a bit of a funny story? When I got to varsity, you know, like in the beginning, um, they tell you, no, it's going to be a bit tricky. It's going to take a minute to adjust. Um, you're going to have um, that one module that's going to be incredibly difficult. And like, you know, they, they tell you like a little bit about what to expect, but obviously you won't know what to expect until you get there. So I remember when I got yeah. to varsity my first year and like, I started school, but I started school with the mentality of like, now nah, I'm going to be the exception. You know, you know, they tell you that it's going to be difficult. You're going to fail and everything. I'm like, no, I'm going to be the, the exception. I'm determined to be the exception. I didn't even last one month. I remember the first class test I wrote in March and I failed it. And I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, adjusting is definitely a very, very, very big one. Hey, so I definitely. 100. Yeah. <laughs> I um, think I think we all had similar experiences as well. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, we all failed the first test. To be honest, most of us. There's that one test that got us to be like, real "Oh quick. my gosh, mm-hmm. what's happening?" Mm, mm. It humbled us real quick, eh? <laughs> that distinction you got in grade twelve, it flew out of the window. Your dude, so quickly. Weird thing. Um, in my first year, my first year was pretty simple. Because um, I remember, like, later on in the year, December, um, I was with family and my cousins, and everyone was just complaining about how difficult first year is. And mm. my uncle and aunt were also sharing these stories on how they struggled with first year. And I was just quiet. I'm like, what are these people talking about? <laughs> My second yeah. year, that's where I saw flames. Wow. And, yeah. Varsity was nice to you, hey? <laughs> nice, <laughs> I can nice. Say that. nice, nice, nice. Dude. <laughs> We felt it real quick. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about our failures, actually. Uh, I actually want to hear from you guys. Is there a particular instance where you felt like you had failed, um, but you managed to overcome it? And how did you overcome it or even use it to your benefit? It doesn't need to be academic. It can just be it's, personal. It's, it's something like that I probably always think about. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I'm that one person who's always um, too harsh on himself. Mm. I always critique myself. So even things that I'm currently doing, like people always congratulate me and say, hey, you're doing great and all that. But because I know the plan and what I initially wanted to see from it, um, I don't necessarily um, get that satisfaction maybe or or something like that. So I can say I am constantly criticizing myself. It's something I'm also trying to kind of unlearn and all that. But in terms of failures, hmm. I am not sure. I, I, I don't want to lie. I'm not sure at the moment. Mm. But yeah. You succeed, Bongani. You don't fail. You just succeed. <laughs> Can't think There's of no one. such thing. There <laughs> is no it. such thing. You make it. Oh, oh wow. Mbali, over to you, hey? <laughs> uh, one of the things that I feel personally that I could have done better in um is actually, you know, I have this thing. I don't know. 
what the issue normally is but have you ever been so close to making it like so mm-hmm. close that i guess most of the time it, if it happens once you're like ah i'll try again mm-hmm. and then it happens again like oh i'll try again but if it constantly happens we tend to define ourselves as second best i remember for the mm-hmm. longest time because i've been so close to making it in so many incidences I thought, you know what? I was never meant to be number one. I should be happy that I'm number two or three because that's who I am. I'm always mm. second best. And I guess you internalize that for as moving forward, you know, and you're like, I'm not, even when someone says, you should try this, you're like, yeah, I should. At least I'll get position two. Like you, you automatically put yourself to second best because you've, you've constantly been second best, you know? Mm. And I feel like with me, like, in high school, we used to do debate. Um, we used to have like one of the strongest debating teams, to be honest. Uh, so we'd be involved in things like uh, GDL, which is the Houting Debating League, Constitutional Hill League, um, Saki as well. So it was like a thing, you know, we had like a debate culture or a debate like group and whatnot. And I remember how we'd always work so hard throughout the night and We'd work every Saturday, every Sunday, every Monday to Friday. And we'd always like come second, you know, we'd always come second. And that kind of put me in a position where I felt like, you know what, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am, you know, or maybe mm-hmm. we're not as good as we think we are. And that, it, it, if it happens in one area of your life, you, you feel like, you know, it's, uh, it, just, it just happened, you know? But if it's a constant, like you are constantly almost there, but not really there, you end up feeling like, uh, I'm the best second place person in this world, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like with debate, um, in Botswana, we're second place. In Zambia, we're second place as well. And in most of the competitions that we entered in, in South Africa, in Gauteng to be specific, we're either second place or third place, or we never just made it to first place, you know? And I guess I got to a point um, where I felt like, you know, ugh, I'm not as good, you know? And I got to that point where it discouraged me. And most of the time when I wanted to put effort in something, I just felt like, oh, what's the point? You're not going to make it. You're just going to be second best, you know? Mm-hmm. And until I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I need to give myself more credit. I need to trust myself more. I need to acknowledge the things that I can't do and not dwell on the things that didn't go right. And I guess from there, I got back into being the real self that I should have been. Instead of like, waiting for a success to define or to validate my strength i validated myself and that validation is the most rigid or the most concrete validation you could ever have because it's not dependent on anything that is external mm-hmm. but it's internal and from there i guess i've tapped back into the mbali that i was before i redefined myself as a second place girl and I feel like those incidences helped me in the sense that they made me get into a posi- be in a position where I'm actually a lot stronger than I was and I trust myself better. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm, that makes 100% sense. Actually, I um, yeah. spoke a bit about what you were sharing in one of my episodes. I think it was session 11, uh, the rejection story, where I was talking about how I've always been like so close but like not close mm. enough 
or like I've been good but not good enough you know and and it builds a mentality like you said if it happens once or twice you're like okay it just is what it is it's not my time or whatever Mm. but if it's like something that happens constantly 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 Constantly. it becomes such a bad like almost um, negative environment that you live in for me I, I had gotten to a point where I just felt like I'd rather not be considered at all Instead of being at considered, all, right? being considered, being considered, being considered, and then all of a sudden at the last round, like I don't make it, you know, type of vibe. I just it was just too painful for me. Instead of like, you know, rather don't consider me from the start. Instead of letting me go round after round after round after round, and then you're like, okay, actually, we don't really want you. You're not it. Exactly, exactly. So I had to really, mm, I had to really, really, really do a lot of soul searching and a lot of um, what's the word, healing healing from mm. that because I realized that it became so hurtful and it, I kind of got stuck in this space and it took me a while like it really took me a while to just get out of that space and to realize that I'm worth I'm worth it you know like exactly. these things aren't for me but what's gonna come afterwards are gonna be like these massive blessings that are gonna be totally worth all the pain that I had endured beforehand 100 mm-hmm. but thanks thanks for sharing that hey yeah, let's let's move on to you for talking a lot about your um, extracurriculars and um, Bongani, you mentioned a lot of your work with uh, United Nations and in Bali, you mentioned a lot of your interest in the organization that you started with Bongani. So I just want to hear a lot about, you know, what it actually is, what your passions actually are with regards to those aspects and why you started them and does it tie into your studies in any way? Um. Yeah, I think it, it ties a lot on like our different uh, backgrounds mm-hmm. and um, our passions, both Mbali and I. So um, with Mbali, Mbali has a very great background of debating, as she as, mm-hmm. as she said. Mm-hmm. So since high school, she's been doing debating and all that. And with me, um, I have a background of model United Nations. Mm-hmm. So post high school, we still wanted to continue doing something and having an impact in other people's lives. And the best way to do that was through studying this NPO called um, the Council of South Africa, mm-hmm. which was a way of kind of giving back and working primarily with schools in disadvantaged communities. So giving them that skill of debating, but not just debating, uh, meaningful engagement, youth participation. Mm-hmm. So having young people um, being involved in issues and also being involved in making change. Uh, in, in their own communities so that's how the idea basically came about and yeah hmm. all right Bali do you want to chime in a little bit or are you comfortable with that yeah Bongani covered pretty much most of it I feel like mm. our backgrounds really they influence the decisions we made with regards to the careers we wanted to um, explore because Prior to debate, I wanted to do medicine. I was very adamant that I'm going to wow. do medicine. Mm-hmm. But like, I was very adamant. And to be honest, I remember the grade in grade nine, you guys choose subjects or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I've chosen the, the, the science class. Like, I was very sure. Mm-hmm. And then December, that's when we had the Botswana tournament. And as I was on the podium, I'm like, speaking is where I'm going. Definitely, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I want to do. Social justice is exactly the chat I want to have for the rest of my life. And all of these things that we're actually debating about that are very important. And I guess when we started the Council of South Africa, we had that in mind that actually you don't have to be, you don't have to have like a varsity qualification for you to be able to identify 
factors within society that need mm. to actually be engaged with you know mm. like you don't need all of that um, knowledge or all of that experience you just need to it, it needs to be a, your reality if poverty is your reality you are the expert of that reality and you have every right to actually talk about it mm. if gender violence is something that you experience you don't need a psychologist to validate that actually yeah you have ground to speak or yes you are the correct person to actually drive this narrative or drive this conversation your experience make you the expert automatically and i thought like students especially kids in grade 10 and to 12 which is what our organization actually which is the grades that our organization work with it's the perfect time because we don't want to stress a grade seven with like the issues of the world. We still need you to enjoy your childhood, obviously. But the minute you get into like grade 10, you see these things and you want mm. it to mold or like shape how you see society for you to be a young person that actually identifies things that uh, are not right instead of just internalizing them and seeing them as right. We need a society that's able to identify that this in as much as this happens continuously or constantly, it doesn't make it right. It's, it needs to be addressed. And for you to grow up thinking like that in order for you to, once you reach a state where you can actually do something about it, you actually do something and you don't think, ah, that's how things have been done. Mm. So it's fine, you know? Mm. So I guess we looked into that. And the reason why we actually did that is because at some point we were in those grades and we did see things like that. And we had organizations that molded us to where we are today. So we thought, you know what, it would be great to do that to someone else as well. Mm. So, yeah. 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 Uh, Very well said. But now speaking about what you discussed, it sounds like it's a lot of work, especially it takes a lot of planning. I think <laughs> I've seen firsthand how much planning goes into it. Um, oh. Fun fact, I was a chief counselor on the council estate. Yeah. So yes. yeah, I was, I was within as well. So I saw quite a lot of, a lot of what was happening. Um, I just want to know, how did you guys even manage to balance school and all these extra activities? Um, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's with commu- communication is key everywhere. And yeah. I think that's something that um, we were able to, to take well with, 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 with the Mali because mm-hmm. we communicated about everything and there was always proper planning for, for, for things and distribution of responsibilities as well. So that is one thing that really helped us um, having different roles, assigning roles and yeah. So I think that's what actually managed, assisted us, I mean, in managing everything properly um so yeah and to add on to that bongani um i feel like another thing that helped us a lot is we downplay the impact that friendship and passion could do in like for whatever organization that you're in Mm. because i've known bongani for i think 10 years now yeah i think it's is it 10 i think so Mm -hmm. but I've known him for quite some time. And during that time, I guess I've gotten to realize things that are close to his heart. And that's when I was like, you know what, with this idea that we have, it would be great for us to work together because we understand each other. He knows my weaknesses. I know mm-hmm. his weaknesses. So we, it, this goes back to understanding the personal dynamics of the people that you're working with in order for you to be able to have like a fruitful professional relationship. So if 
for example, he knows that I'm notorial or we're both notorial, we get a lot done in the AMs, you know, mm-hmm. because we just can't sleep during that time. And obviously we get the council work done during that time and then we go to bed and then the mo- in the morning it's school, you know, yeah. so it's easy for you to like compartmentalize your life a bit because you have like a system or a structure or a support system that understands how you work and it becomes a lot easier in that way. So mm-hmm. before like you start an organization, because sometimes you have this beautiful idea and you're like, ah, I'm going to recruit my friends. And yes, they're your friends, they love you, but it's important to ask questions like, do they understand what mm-hmm. you're trying to achieve? Yes. And do they have yes. the qualities that you need in your team to achieve that thing? You know, so it's not just a thing of, yeah, we have the same passion. Do we have the same drive? Do we have the same work ethic? Mm-hmm. Do we have the same vision? You know, so once we realize that, yes, we do, then we took it upon ourselves to actually be like, okay, we'll work together to achieve this. So it's easier for you to balance because you don't have a team that constantly needs you to be like, remember the vision. They just <laughs> get it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I think one thing that I could pick up from what you said was emphasis on, you know, having someone who has at least similar passion as you and then you pick up from there. Do they have the same drive? Are they motivated? The work ethic, if it's not the same, do they at least like also what Bongani said, do you at least help each other? Do you at least um, partition the work fairly and make sure that the other person gets it done? And there was actually one thing that I'd learned or that I heard a while back that I was like, this is actually very true. Where they said, you know, as shocking as it may seem, not everyone has or will have the same passion as you as you have towards mm-hmm. something. Your friends might not even be passionate about the same things that you're passionate about. And for me, it was that's like that's true. a really it was a really hard reality because I was like, actually, you know, especially when you're thinking about okay, starting some something and you want to start it for somebody you know, and you know, you came mm-hmm. up with this person and you're like, but yeah, but I trust this person. You know, I've always been there for me. You know, they're always reliable. You actually have to go and think about okay, but then is this person passionate about the same things that I'm passionate about? Because Exactly. you don't want to be dragging somebody along while you're still building the thing and then it's like your partner <laughs> isn't passionate about it and they don't understand why you're frustrated with them because they're not passionate about it and then it just causes like infighting so exactly hmm. so overall just juggling all your different extracurricular activities and your varsity uh, life um, how do you think this whole experience especially in varsity has molded you into the person that you are now you want to go first, Bali? <laughs> Do I want to go first? Please. <laughs> uh, I feel like with me, it's a thing of you don't really realize how strong you are until you don't have a choice, guys. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yes. I don't know if this is just like something I discovered by myself, but like when <laughs> the option of I can't do it is not on the table, you actually realize that I'm actually quite strong because mm. I remember with the council to be, to be specific. Um, it's it's oh, it was it was one of the frustrating things that I got involved in. But at the in the end, it was very it was beautiful to watch. You know, to mm. see how it happened and, and how everyone everything unfolded and stuff. But like just coming back from a semester test and running around to get awards, trophies, and working until four o'clock in the morning and then quickly bathing to catch the, mm. to catch the five o'clock uh, train mm. to Joburg. And 
just all of that has quite, has made me realize that we don't realize how strong we are or we don't acknowledge how strong we are until we are in that position because there are so many people that are currently in varsity and they're like i really want to do good i really want to start an organization but i have eight modules i'm not going to be able to make it like it's until you actually are in a position where you have eight modules and that thing that you want to start you it's only then that you can realize that you actually can do it you know Mm -hmm. because we as varsity students postpone quite a lot. You know, someone is going to offer you maybe um, a side job for you in something that you're passionate about. And you're going to say, ah, I'll, I'll do it later. And you don't realize that the, you don't have later. Later is you working in that thing that you studied or you now being an adult and actually having to work and having responsibilities and so forth. This is the time for you to do things that you actually are passionate about or things that you've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. because from here reality just hits you know you're just now an adult you have responsibilities you have bills you have all these things and it's going to be a bit hard for you to do things that aren't school related so for me juggling everything taught me that if i don't do it now i will be 40 years and thinking ah i should have just you know did it while i could because this is the only time to be honest despite how difficult varsity can be but this is the time for you to explore different things and try to do things that are close to your heart so it wasn't difficult to juggle it was difficult yes but it wasn't impossible yes that's what I want to say it it wasn't impossible it's very possible and I feel like people who want to start organizations because as soon as you start an organization a lot of people come to you they're like how do you do it I actually Mm -hmm. have this idea and you're thinking to yourself that's quite a great idea. You should do it. And then they quickly tell you, yeah, I want you, but uh, I have six modules, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're sitting on top of something that's golden, mm-hmm. on top of something that we need in South Africa right now. And from here, you're going to graduate and you're going to be someone who's working nine to five and you're probably not even going to go back to this. So do it now. This mm-hmm. is the time and you are capable, you're able. So, yeah. Bongani? Yeah, just to add on what Mbali was saying, I think um, a lot of young people suffer from imposter syndrome. Ooh, yes. um, so <laughs> having the ideas, but not having that 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 energy that probably pushes you to implement whatever idea that you have. So as Mbali said, I think what uh, we need maybe as young people is, is that support structure, maybe or a system that supports people to start things for themselves, basically. Mm. So you basically need like a support structure. Mm. Being at friends will encourage you mm. to just take the initiative to start something. Mm-hmm. And True. as Mbali has said, a lot of people do have great ideas, but they just need to start somewhere. And yeah, hence I'm saying that a lot of people are suffering from imposter syndrome because people don't take that initiative to start whatever programs they want to start Mm. so Mm. yeah yeah we just need a bit of courage and yeah Mm. yeah definitely agreed i think also to add on to what you're saying bogani you know one of the quotes that that i love um saying is you feel the fear and then you do it anyways you know like we're not saying that just because we are out here and we started all these organizations and we're participating in all these things and you know we're doing all these extracurriculars we're not saying that we're not scared or we're not that, that we're fearless we're saying we feel the fear and in my case i feel the fear every single day 
the difference is I don't let that fear overwhelm me. I just try and push past the fear. I'm like, the fear will always be there, you know, but you just have to like overcome the fear or at least push past it and like do your best to get the job done. And you might not even think that what you're doing is impacting, isn't even making a difference, but you never know. You know, there are those people out there who actually rely on the content you release or the information you hand out or the events that you plan. And um, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. So people need to also have that one, the courage, but also try and just push past the fear as well. And then also just be consistent in your plan for that organization and how it's going to play out in how you're planning to execute it. Just be consistent. Even if you're not seeing the growth, if you're not seeing the difference, if you're not seeing um, the plan unfold before your eyes overnight, keep on being consistent with yourself and you'll see it happen. Watch these videos on YouTube of all these people who have like 4 million, 5 million subscribers, for example. And you forget that those people took them like 10 years to get there. Not everyone can be overnight sensations. I mean, yes, there are those um, uh, exceptions, but they're very few. Other people like played the long game and look where they're at now, you know. So people forget that or they don't realize it. And that's the thing. Sometimes people just aren't willing to do the long and hard work to get to where they need to get to. So, yeah, just my two cents on that. <laughs> that's true. And to add on that, Rafi sometimes as people, mm. I feel like compare, comparing yourself is also like another thing. Because to be honest, it's either you compare uh, yourself to someone your age, you know, like she's 23 and she's this. And I should be that as well. And then if it's not someone your age, it's someone who is on a totally different level than you. You might go mm-hmm. and compare yourself with someone who's 10 years older than you. And you feel like I should be that. I should. I feel like you get to that uh, point when and if you have not, if you're not secure in yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and if you trust that, you know what, um, I'm not at 2 million subscribers right now, but I am going somewhere and wherever I'm going, it's going to be good. You know, mm-hmm. like wherever I'm going, it's going to be great. I'm not going where Michali is, you know, mm-hmm. I love her by the way. I don't have a problem with her, but <laughs> I just feel like your destination is not the same. Your destination mm-hmm. is not the same. And you'll be so surprised. Um, where your destination is going to lead you. So instead of channeling all this effort in fighting for someone else's destination, channel it into yourself to reach your destination because believe me, it's equally or better. Beautiful. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we need to invest more in our destinations, you know, in, in our power to get to our destination instead of like, constantly crying over other people's destination i know it happens it's natural but don't dwell on it because it's going to hold you back as well and maybe just to add on what you're saying Bali, i think the issue of comparison or comparing yourself to other people it's very dangerous mm. because i mean it's, it's, it's one element that actually leads to most people not doing the things that they want because you're constantly looking at other people what they've achieved and you mm. think of which you'll never reach that goal mm. and without actually realizing what those people had to start somewhere as well so yeah it's very mm. dangerous to compare yourself to other people yeah definitely 100 yeah, definitely all right guys after all those add-ons <laughs> are we ready to play the game definitely yes okay cool The name of the game is We're Not Really Strangers with a Twist. 
We're Not Really Strangers is a purpose-driven game and movement all about empowering meaningful connections. So there are three carefully crafted levels of questions and wildcards that allow you to deepen your existing relationships and create new ones. So I normally play this game with um, another person and then we ask each other these questions. But because two of you are here today, I actually wanna, I want you guys to answer on each other. We'll start with Mbali for a change. Mbali, you'll pick a number and then whatever yes. number you pick will be directed to Bongadi. Make sense? Okay. So we're going to go to the first level. Um, the first level is about perception. So we all make assumptions about each other, but how often do we ever put them to the test? Level one allows you to see what first impression you give off and how well you read others. All right. So any number between three and five, Mbali? Four. So Bongani, do you think Mbali was popular in school? Yes, she was. She was definitely popular in school. Is it? Did you go? Did you guys go to the same school, by the way? We went to the same yeah. school. Oh, okay, okay. So elaborate. I want to hear about this. She was head girl. Oh wow. She's been in top ten since I think grade eight, if I'm mistaken. She was a debater, so yeah, she was definitely popular. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Bogani, pick a number between three and five for Mbali. Uh, I will go with three. Mbali, what does Bongani's social media tell you about him? Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> All his work is on, this, it's on his social media. One, it tells you that he's passionate about... Uh, okay, but I feel like this is biased because I already know him. But <laughs> um, It tells me that he's a social activist. He's very passionate about a lot of things one being the environment he works with unicef and he's very passionate about the work that he does with them so he engages with everything that is happening in the world okay every mm -hmm. single thing so <laughs> he's an activist in that way um three he is involved in issues of gender as well mm -hmm. um gender equality and yeah, he's very busy. He's very busy. And the people that he knows, he knows a lot of prominent people. Mm. Um, and you can see he's, he takes pictures with them as well. He's just one active child. That's all he is. <laughs> he's an active child. I actually want to know, Bongadi, because I've got both of your numbers, right? So on WhatsApp, when I see like you post on the one um Maybe you post the status on the one phone number. You'll like post the exact yeah. same status on the second one. So I'm curious, do you have two phones or do you have one phone with two SIM cards? That just two, two phones. Two phones. Two phones, two different numbers. So, and two different audiences. Hence, I post on Oh, phones. that makes a lot of sense. Because I was like, but why does he need to post twice? I feel like, you know, <laughs> but it makes the sense. Two different... <laughs> just for control. Yeah, there's two, just there's for two control. different audiences. So, yeah. Mm, okay okay that makes a lot more sense thanks for that okay let's move on to level two so level two is about connection this level digs a bit deeper a few rarely asked questions but warning emotions may arise bali let's begin with you what number do you want bogani to answer between seven and nine let's make it nine okay so bongani what takes someone from a friend to a best friend so what would make you be like okay no me and this person are now tight Connection. I think it's just connection. It's, it's just a genuine thing that you feel. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it's unexplainable. It's just a feeling, um, just a genuine thing that you just feel about the next person. Mm. Um, I think another thing is 
with friendship there's a certain stage um in terms of like honesty and in terms of like just knowing that the person is reliable um mm-hmm. you can just trust trust in the person so there's just all those different traits being an honesty um loyalty um commitment and just also the feeling or you knowing that you're not just the only person who's, who's putting who's always initiating things but yeah it's, it's basically a connection thing having someone that you trust in and someone who um you can rely in i think that's what then moves someone from just being an ordinary friend to being a best friend so yeah like me tell them tell them Bongani. yes like for you, example you just describe you just described me <laughs> yeah. just i know you're annoying but me. yeah like you <laughs> oh okay um Bongani, um pick a number between seven and eight from bali Eight. Eight. No, I'm lying. Sorry, seven. Okay, let's do seven. So, Mvali, what is a moment in your relationship with Bongani when you felt undeniably loved? Oh, my gosh. Why did I get such a cute question? <laughs> uh, okay, um, it started back in high school, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, like, being head girl, guys, being in a, in a leadership position, it's not cute sometimes mm-hmm. emotionally to be honest because it's hard to please everyone yes. and i would normally find myself in a situation where i'm just so depressed and i'm frustrated because there was so much happening at school like people wanted certain events people didn't want certain events even with the matric jacket itself deciding what design you know like i felt like that what determines whether or not you're a great leader People were like, I don't like the design that, that was passed. But despite the fact that we went all out to try and make sure that the majority um, wins, you know, we, mm-hmm. we had votes, things that are not normally done um, by an executive. An executive normally chooses the design and goes with it. But with us, we're trying to be considerate, you know, trying mm. to just make sure that everyone is happy. Despite all of that, people were not happy. And... I remember I was sitting in a class and I wanted to break down and Marnie just came in. He closed the door and was like, look, you're an amazing leader. Don't allow these people to make you feel like this. And Marnie always tries to just make you remember, like he tries to remind you that all of this doesn't matter. Don't, don't take it to heart. It doesn't matter. These people don't know you. And I was telling you that these people don't know you. I know you. You're an incredible leader. And best believe that next year, all of them will buy this design that they claim they don't like. Mm-hmm. And they did. Everyone bought it. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved it. And he always is able, he's just like that. From there, I knew that, you know what? Mwangani really cares. Mwangani just cares about me and not like everything else. Mm-hmm. So that was a moment where I felt loved. Did I really say that? Yes, you did. Yeah, that I'm joking. Yeah. Oh, I think I can't remember. Did Mm-hmm. You did shame, you okay. annoying thing. <laughs> okay, guys, let's move on to level three. So, level three is all about reflection. Questions are asked on past experiences. Bali, pick a number between 11 and 13. Friday the 13th. 13. <laughs> okay, 13. Ooh, this is a wild card. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so this, this is for both of you. Think of your favorite memories yeah. with each other. And compare. It's gonna be difficult. Or just maybe one of your like best memories with each other and compare. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, I hope you 
I think. I know. I, okay, wait, I, I'm going first, Bali. <laughs> no, I was gonna say that. <laughs> like no. I was just gonna say that. I I I think my best memories was in in my trick mm-hmm. after school. So yeah. we used to travel together. So every yes. day we yeah. together. Um, we listened to the. We had like the same playlist, and we chill yes. We chill headsets. So oh, okay. as we were walking after getting off the taxi, we'd be jamming, dancing Ding. while walking. And yeah, it was just amazing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the very same moment. Like every time after school, we'd like get in the taxi. And mm-hmm. you know how people, oh, guys, people in the taxis don't like people who speak English. So every yeah, time yeah. we'd like yeah, speaking, everyone would turn around and be like, I love it. And we just enjoy the moment. No matter how crazy it looked and we'd like be walking home and we'd be singing sometimes we'd even stop and dance and everyone would look at us like what the what are you doing <laughs> but i enjoyed that mm-hmm. something about being so carefree and not really thinking about what other people say especially when you guys are together that makes it mm-hmm. so much worth it you make all these incredible memories so yeah man 100 great 100. great okay i guess Bongani, you're ending this off you have to choose between 11 or 12 11. 11. Great. <laughs> All right. Bali, is there a feeling that you miss? Oh. With Bongani or just generally? No, just, in, just generally. No. Oh, um... <laughs> what kind of feeling? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I wanted to say, I miss being happy, guys. School is frustrating. School is frustrating. <laughs> I miss being happy. Mm. I actually miss being, I miss not being stressed, you know? Just being happy, mm-hmm. like going out. Because I'm always stressing about like, sorry, I'm still stressing about COVID, guys. COVID is still a thing for me. And I want to go out and just like have fun. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to catch the last wave of COVID. I just miss <laughs> the genuine feeling of not worrying about yeah. deadlines, not worrying about COVID, not worrying about anything. Just like taking a basket, going to the botanical garden, chilling under a tree and just enjoying life, you mm. know? I must be happy. I must be happy. Mm. Couldn't agree with you more on that, okay? Woo. We've been in this for a minute. What's that, guys? What's that meme that we've that I've seen? Uh, maybe in Bali you might know it. Kind of how does it go? Something like the 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 happy in UP is silent or something like that, or the H for happy in UP is silent. <laughs> I think that's the one. I'm like, yep, yep, couldn't agree more. I think it came out early in the beginning of this year, even like right around when COVID hit. We were like, mm-hmm, that definitely makes sense. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But anyway, thank you guys so much for playing. This was very nice. I learned a lot more about you too. So I really appreciate that. Thanks for having us. Thank you. This was really nice. I just want to say I'm proud of you and all your work. Honestly, it's been beautiful to watch you, especially considering how like you were a bit like, should I do it? Should I not? Mm. And I'm glad <laughs> that you finally went and did it, you know, because I'm proud. I'm not going to lie. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you for You do an extremely me. great uh, job. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. And thank you. You are incredible, girl. <laughs> All right. On that note, is there any parting advice that you'd like to offer to someone who's interested in pursuing your path or a path that's similar to yours? Let's start with you, Mbali. 
I was about to say, Bongani, take it away. Mommy, <laughs> uh, I was about to start, but hi, Kala Bibs. Um, I think you need to be. Let me see. Okay, I feel like one, you need to be strong. You need to be strong, to be honest. Um, you need to be strong enough to actually take on conversations or take on things within our society that have for so long been um, pushed aside or being looked at as normal. Mm. Um, because normally, I don't know, sometimes within the legal field itself, when you are addressing like um, things like transformation within um, the legal system, like transformative constitutionalism, people look at you like, we don't need transformation in law and so forth. You tap into spaces that are that that are very protected, that people feel like, no, you shouldn't even like be having that conversation. So you need to be strong to actually um, break down walls that have been built around things that are not right within our within our system. Secondly, you need to love reading because there's so much reading that has, that goes into like studying law. Mm-hmm. You need to be passionate about like. Um, making things right because so many times people just want to do law to make money and it's not fair to be honest because this is a system that is so often used by the powerful to actually maintain their power and to suppress the powerless so it's nice to have people that want to do law not to be great um, um, contract writers who make money but to be people who actually want to make a difference within society. Mm. And you just need to be passionate, to be passionate, because there are so many times where you're going to ask yourself, do I even want to study law? Because it's really hard. But if you have the passion, you have the drive, you have the vision, you can do it. Songani, mm. over to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think what I would say is that at the moment, there is an urgent need for young people to take up initiatives and to take up projects, either run for public office, run for leadership and all that. Hmm. Reason being, I think because of COVID-19, it's really, what's this? It has really exposed what the corruption, if if I can see in in our leadership and some of the things that we've been complaining about for the longest time. And for there to be change, us as young people need to rise and take up this, this, these, these, these spaces and just be the change that we want to see. Um, mm. So yeah, we're the ones that we've been waiting for. We need to take up these, these, these platforms, run for all these positions and make sure that we're very intentional about everything that we do. So yeah. Mm, beautiful. Thank True. you. Thank you. All right, on that note, can you please disclose your social media accounts for our listeners who might be interested in wanting to hear more about your stories? Take it away, Bongani. Yay. So <laughs> um, <laughs> on um, Instagram, I am D underscore Bongani 07. And on Twitter, I am D underscore Bongani 36. Um, then on Facebook, I'm Bongani Zamini, um, on LinkedIn, Bongani Zamini, on YouTube, I have like a young documentary kind of thing called Bongani Story. Um, and 
Yeah, that's basically it, I think. Did I go through everything? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, with me, I'm the total opposite. <laughs> uh, you'll just catch me on Instagram and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lentlim. That's it. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. This was really, really insightful. I think our listeners learned a lot and you shared some really incredible gems. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I forgot something. Our, our NGO handle oh, is, yes. um, so it is in small caps, the Council SA on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, the Council SA. Okay. Yes. Perfect. I'll also link your social medias down in the show notes for anyone who's interested in um, getting to know you or your organization a bit better. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you for being on the episode. Thank you, Rafilwe. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned some great insights and lessons that you can apply to your life. Please subscribe to this podcast, rate and review this episode. And do follow the Breakthrough Projects on Instagram and Facebook. For any queries or potential topic requests, please send me an email on queries.breakthrough at gmail.com or feel free to hit me up on my socials and I'll be sure to get back to you swiftly. Thank you once again. Until next time. This is Rufilwe signing out. Goodbye for now.